Hello and welcome to Northwestify, the podcast where we talk tech and business in the Northwest. And this week on the podcast, we have Dawn Laycock. Hello, Dawn. Hello there, John. Thank you very much for having me today. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on, Dawn. Really excited to talk to you today and hear about you and your kind of journey in your career. Uh, and as ever, we have Zach Georgia. Hi, Zach. Hi. It's bloody freezing now, but anyway. It is, isn't it? This is going to go out mid-December and it's going to be like 22 degrees or something crazy. Everyone thinks we're crazy. <laughs> freezing outside today, scraping cars. Roll on summer. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much again, Dawn, for coming on. Really excited to talk to you. Do you want to just kick us off and tell us, tell us a bit about yourself? Tell us like what you do and um, yeah, and how you got there. Okay, so yeah, so in terms of what I do, John, obviously, we've been in business now for five years. Um, I actually run a HR change consultancy, which I set up myself five years ago. And I have to say, John, it's an interesting question as to what we do, because I think we are still evolving as we go along. And um, I sort of change the dynamics as I go along as well. But we um we are a growing business. Um, I've roughly got around about six employees working for me now. I started off two years with just myself, and we um we work on big transformational projects. But also one of the sweet spots that we have been focusing on over the last few years has been managing the integrated HR services of um, SME businesses which has been a very interesting dynamic. So we we literally are the HR function of those organisations. And the old cliche of we're part of the extended business, we absolutely are. Um, our clients actually forget sometimes that we're actually separate to them. Brilliant. That sounds really interesting. I, lo- I love talking about change and HR. I'm actually interested. I'm looking, looked at your LinkedIn profile and it's head of people and change. Yes. But we still, I think the industry still likes the word HR, I don't know. Like, what's your thought on that? Where are we? Are we moving away from using the word human resources sort of organizationally and stop calling people (laughs) resources or, or not? This is a big debate that I've got going on at the moment with my team, because I quite simply hate the word HR. I think it sounds very outdated. I think it sounds very police, very political. And I'd like HR to be seen as a lot more innovative, a lot more business focused, a lot more pragmatic. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about, John, is DML in particular to be seen as a disruptor to HR. I mean, that's not to say, you know, doing things wrong or doing things incorrect, but doing things differently or just doing things that is more in tune with what a business wants. So um, I do think we're moving away from the, the HR name. I also think in some respects, we're moving away from the people name as well. Um, and I'd love to come out with something a lot more creative that does stand more for what good HR really looks like. Fantastic. I hear it all around. I think, you know, you've got those two scenarios and you've got businesses know what HR means. And therefore, if you're in playing in the space, it makes total sense to put HR in your business, your title, your, you know, your marketing material. But then when you're sat with executives and directors and so on to actually talk about people or, you know, whatever other name that sort of fits. So that's great. Um, change is a really interesting word that I've, I've been listening to a couple of other podcasts and Something that popped up and see if you agree with this or not. And it had never occurred to me before. They said change. Uh, it's not just about bringing something new in. It's taking away something old and comfortable. And that's, I think that's what people are, let's say, afraid of or find uncomfortable. It's not, it's not just the new, you know, it's not introducing mm, a, yeah. a new process, but it's often taking something away as well. And so you're actually balancing both. You have the people who want the, the new and also the people who want to keep the old. 
Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. And we are changing all the time. Our dynamics are changing. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is how the future world of work is changing, what that does actually mean for businesses, re-educating businesses in terms of what they can do differently, how we can bring in younger people, etc., who we can then develop and train. Um, and when we look at what some of the Americans are doing, they are They've pretty much got it already in place. They're emerging leaders, etc. They're a lot more looking at attitude over experience. If you've got the right attitude, we can actually develop that experience. Just interested to find out, because obviously there's the whole point where we've mentioned there about is the word HR sort of old school should we be moving should we be changing that so I'm quite interested to find out a little bit more on that but but Dawn what got you into it in the first place what <laughs> was it that made you go into HR I mean there's a, a lot of people don't understand actually there's loads of different facets to HR isn't there yeah there is. you know it's just just capture all title you know when you start breaking it down to all the different component parts but what was it that got you into it so that, that is a really interesting question because my career was very, um, it was a little, it wasn't quite so structured in my early days. And um, I wouldn't like to say that I fell into HR by accident because that would be the wrong thing to say. It was something that I was always passionate about and wanted to work in, but it took me a while before I actually landed on it. So up until my early 30s, I actually wasn't even in HR. I did a, a variety of roles, I, from working in marketing to being a PA to being an air stewardess. I did lots of different things. And then I decided that I would actually go back and start to do some studying. And I did a degree. I did that part time, etc. Um, and um, the way that I actually fell into HR was pure and simply by being um, a PA to a senior director who actually had about 200 people who reported into him and he worked for a big corporate conglomerate. I think you might know it. It's Kellogg's. And it was through a secondment that I actually moved into HR. And that's when my career really took off from there. Um, and that was because they were very under-resourced at the time and they needed more support. So I took on showing a bit more initiative, taking on some extra curricula as part of the role that I had. I then um, gained a secondment. I then moved into the HR function. And then the career just really spanned off from there. I then moved into consulting. Um, I worked in consulting for about 10 years. Um, and then I actually moved very quickly into very senior HR positions because of the background that I had within in a consulting business. So I've probably, in, in a way, actually escalated past quite a few people who may have actually been in for, for longer than I have because of that consulting background. You know, I've not been in HR for all of my career. But what I, what I did actually find was when I actually um, started to go into HR, my career went from being a bit of a spaghetti junction to then being quite refined and almost like I'd found where I I found my forte I understood and recognized what I was good at and then all of a sudden this messy road that I'd been on at the start of my career then started to pave into a very neat path and it has been ever since Made some bumps along the road I've climbed up a few ladders and uh, slid down a few snakes along the way and I've circled around the mountain a few times but overall it's now started to become quite a defined um, career path and um, I can remember probably about 20 years ago, a friend of mine saying to me, oh, I'd love to have my own business. I can remember looking at her and thinking, 
goodness me, that sounds like a massive challenge. What would I do if I ran my own business? I can't even think what I would have to offer anyone. And then lo and behold, 20 years on, I did set a business up and here we are now. And so, yeah, that's how I fell into HR. That's so cool. Really interesting. Actually, I want to pick up on a few things there. Hmm. I have two sons and they're both sort of starting their work career or whatever now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, chatting to them and also chatting to my brother, who's a little bit older than me, about the number of careers people have over their lives. Yeah. I'm talking, not talking about jobs, but what actual careers is increasing, right? And you'll, you'll, you'll be fully aware of this. Um, it's like, I think the average is like 1.2 or 2 now. So people are changing mm-hmm. um, the way they view their 30, 40, whatever number of years it is in work as being. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said to them, like, this phase of your career, you've very little to lose, very experimental, go and try lots of things. And it sounds like you did that yeah. when no one was doing it or very few people were doing, which is very cool. Um, I think, you know, if you're good at something, Dawn, I think people are obviously recognized that brought you into another area said, well, you know, Dawn's very resourceful. She can get things done so we can move her into a different area where she's not skilled yet and we'll train her up because we know she'll get the work done. So that's obviously, there are there are people like that. And I think that's great kudos to you, but but really interesting to see how many different points all kind of led to now what is like sort of a second part of your career. Very interesting, Zach. It's quite interesting. I'm just picking up on what you're saying there, actually. And, and like, we probably recorded, what, about 50 of these podcasts. And it's really interesting that what, what I've tended to see from it, and, and it's interesting that Dawn said this, a little bit like myself, I, I sort of found my forte as I sort of moved through. But apart from the techies that we've interviewed, most people that we've interviewed previously have sort of fallen into their careers. Mm. It, but the techies were really interested in computers at the age of like eight or 10 or something like that. <laughs> you know, you'll probably know that because you're a techie, John. But isn't it interesting how actually people still, to a degree, don't actually know where they're going and what their career is, is that they just find it unless you are massively into, I don't know, certain things like, you know, computers from the conversations we've had with many tech person on here. But it's just interesting how you sort of find your feet as you go through your life. And I think that probably broadens the debate the argument that rears its head every six months every year every two years that that, you know are we educating our kids in the right areas are we training them up in the right areas do they really know what they want to do when they leave school you've got two children that are leaving school did they know what to do you know yeah i don't know do do we educate them like i'm sat there at the moment saying to my girls that's great that you're on the iPad or you want to go onto my phone, but do you know that it's a software developer that created that app and they actually did that rather than just what you're using? Do you know what I mean? I think it's where we fall down still, I think, from an education perspective. We just don't teach enough of what people are actually doing. Does that make sense? I think that's really interesting, Zach, what you're saying there, because I went to a round table a few weeks ago, and obviously the future world of work, all of this kind of thing that we're talking about now, people falling into careers, people maybe having a span of different careers over a lifetime was discussed at, at length. And, you know, of course, there's obviously going to be a c- careers available in five years time that we don't even know what they look like right now. There's kids leaving school right now who may start one career and then turn into another one that we, we again, we don't know what, what it looks like. But also going back to what kids are actually learning in school these days, we're very traditional in the UK. It's the same curricula that they're learning that you will have learned and that people before you will have learned, etc. We, we're still quite dated. Are we actually looking at 
um, educating our children very early on in terms of some of the coding that might be going on or some of the software development or some of the areas that they may need in future careers um, that may help them better or prepare them better than the standard history, geography, all of the, the typical um, subjects that have been around for, for decades now. Yeah, and I, what I'm thinking here is that schools in particular, because they're... Uh, they're the furthest away from their the person's career like they're they're educating people from the age of four and they're going to start their career at 18 or 21 they've got the hardest job because what they teach you at four obviously they're teaching you to read and write and that's essential but the other things can be can date very quickly um but even you know even universities are regularly criticized by us as well i must say <laughs> for for not being able to keep up and it's hard and i think maybe that we need to change our mindset around well, yes, the subjects we teach, things about teaching critical thinking, you know, and being more open-minded to change and so forth. Teach people how to learn so they can they can pivot quickly in their career or pivot well, right? So that if a career emerges, a new type of work that they're interested in, they go, how would I become good at that? What's the path? How? Who do I speak to? How do I learn this? Rather than, you know, going through school and then an apprenticeship or degree and then into the workforce and expecting to be able to hit the ground running it's not realistic i know and it's like you say it's, it's a tricky it's so tricky isn't it you can't we can't really but when we're talking we're not blaming anybody here it's not a blame game but it, before we start changing the curriculum and <laughs> the filter rights again we do. yeah exactly um tell us dawn a bit more about how I mentioned before, didn't I, about the, all these different facets to HR, but how your priorities have changed and you alluded to it and having been there myself, I completely get it. You know, somebody's owning their own business deep down in your own head. You probably might have always had that aspiration. Maybe you didn't, maybe you did, not sure. But then actually then doing it, have your priorities changed, I suppose, over your career and, and what's it like running your own business, particularly in the HR world? <laughs> I'm not sure if my priorities have changed, but what what I actually do find now is everything goes into the business. You know, so it's I breathe sleep the business, and I have done probably for the last few years or so. In terms of running a business, Zach, I'm sure that you will agree with me. It's um, it's a, it's an incredibly hard thing to do. Anybody who actually thinks that they're going into starting a business and it's going to give them lots of flexibility. Well, if anybody can tell me what how they do that and what that looks like, please let me know, because I'm still trying to figure that one out. And, you know, you, you work harder, probably for less money than certainly in the early days um, than you'll ever work in your life. And I, and I, and I think that the challenges that actually come out of it. Uh, around obviously when you start growing growing and bringing staff in and managing clients and all of those kind of things it's a bit like being a parent nobody shows you how to do it you just figure it out as you go along <laughs> but I think the um and the mistakes that you make as well along the way is incredible and if I knew now if I knew then what I know now I, I would do things differently but that said I wouldn't change it in any way I think actually having the freedom to be able to decide what direction you want to take your business towards how you want to grow it how you want to shape it for me just means everything and that's what I actually enjoy about it I enjoy the fact that we are growing that we are employing people that teams seem happy in their work etc 
um, and that we're creating opportunities for people. And I enjoy the fact that we can actually do lots of things with the community and lots of things with different businesses. So that for me is what actually keeps me going when I go through the hard times is actually those kind of things because I find that really rewarding and really satisfying. Can I give you a little bit of a round of applause? I love some of that. Making your own destiny. I love that part of it. The parenting part was a great little piece there. Thankless. It really is. Isn't it? No, it certainly is. Thanks very much for that. They might do when you when they're about 25 or 30, but I think it's certainly at the age now. My kids don't turn around to me and say, thanks for doing breakfast for me this morning, Dad. Thanks for uh, getting me ready for school this morning, Dad. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think it is like that. And I actually think being a business owner is... A pleasure and a privilege, and it's humbling that you're able to lead people and take people forward. And I love that part to it, but it's actually a very lonely place as well. I also think that people don't actually recognize what you go through and how hard it is for you to put your life savings into, but not just your life savings, your life saving is one aspect, but your time and your career. And and I'm pretty sure, I don't know how old everyone is on here, but certainly my age range, you blink and very quickly you realise you've probably got not a huge amount of time left in your working career. And you start thinking, oh man, have I done everything that I wanted to achieve or or not? Does that, does that make sense? Because I know you've run your own business as well, John. And yeah. I think something that, yeah, absolutely, Zach, and, and something that Donald was saying, that the word that jumps out at me is this, like, purpose. And people talk about a lot now in careers that people want to feel like there's there's purpose to what they do. And I feel that like you get that as a business owner because you get to decide the direction you're going and, and where you're bringing those people. And you're right, it is a privilege, um, a privilege that you have to work incredibly hard for um, through through thick and thin. You know, you're not, you don't get to sack it off Um and you know, just go and find another gig somewhere else. I mean, there you can, but that's not that's not what anyone signed up for when they start their own business. So, um, I think that yeah, but I, I think it it is it can be very hard. I think it's enjoyable also for the people who work with you because they're they're working alongside the owner and they get to live and breathe that excitement. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like being part of a, a growing business and, you know, you're both doing it now, they get to see that that excitement of like, oh, we brought somebody new in. They're enjoying a new hire as much as you are. They're enjoying a new client almost as much as you are, right? They, they're getting to feel the whole thing because they're, in both of your cases, you're kind of all in the same office space. I think that's that's exciting for people who work for you. I agree. And, um, and my team do come in regularly. We're pretty much in every day other than Friday tends to be the only day when we're not. But um, you're right. And that's what I'm trying to instill in them in such a small team is that engagement and for them to feel part of it. Because um, I feel like I've landed in a space now where I've got a good platform of people. And that's not being easy to achieve. And it, it also comes with its challenges. People have their own expectations, very much like what Zach said earlier. They don't realise how much time, investment, money you actually put into everything because a huge amount of that goes in it as well and has gone in it from my side of things. But I am trying to get them onto the same journey where they are excited about the growth of DML. They're excited about new clients. They're excited of the prospect, what that might mean for them. Because, um, you know, my, my team are... Some of them that I've actually got in my team are at the start of their HR career. Some of them I haven't been in HR before. Um, they've come in, they've been trained, they're, they're going through the CIPD qualification, and they're bright young things. 
And, um, and I think they're excited about what that could mean for them in three years time. You know, could they actually be directors of the business or have a very senior position within that? Um, and, and I'm excited about that because going back to what I said earlier about what the Americans do, I can remember um, being at a round table and I, and I think there was a guy from Amazon there and at 26 years old, he was actually working with Jeff Bezos on part of his board because they have that philosophy where they do actually bring in uh, and develop young people and very soon mm. they're, they're in a very senior leadership position. And I'm trying to obviously look at whether that could be an option for us as well as an organisation. There's there's probably quite a lot of similarities to to parenting, really. Actually, when you're running your own business, I'm I'm, I'm just hoping that you you do a good enough job that people respect you later on down the line. You know, I think uh, most people that have children will turn around and they will say, maybe not in all cases, but certainly in in, in certain cases where you respect what your parents did for you as they brought you up. And I think anyone that's worked in in any career will probably look back, particularly if they run their own business, and, and respect people that employed them at certain points because of the way that they actually went about it. At the time, they might, might not think that. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I think that's something that you have to accept as the business owner that, you know, probably at the time you do everything you can to make sure that it works, but maybe you feel do you do feel lonely and isolated at those times. But hopefully you leave enough of a strong legacy around those people. You know, I'm, I'm, I actually wrote on a post the other week, somebody had mentioned me in, in their um, top 10 people, 23 people who had an impact on the career. And he, he wrote a, at Zach Giorgio and then put a comment of, you know, somebody who always believed in me. But I think that's the, and I put down something like that, you know, 23 years in the industry, amazing feat, well done, cheers, here's to many more. And as you can see from your comments on your post, you've left a legacy and the legacy is the impact that you've had on so many people's careers. And I think that's something that, I feel very humble of when I'm doing my job and the business that we're running is the impact that you have on so many other people's careers as well. I really, I love that part most probably. Yeah, no, I completely, I, I never thought of the parenting analogy before. So I'm really interesting that it's sort of come up now. And I'm thinking about one scenario where um, we we took someone in as their first, like you were saying, Don, as their, their first career in our case was in software. Uh, two or three people actually that their first roles were with us and i remember the, the it was actually the very first guy we hired and then after i can't remember how many years he was with us and then he kept dragging me into the hall and said john i've got another job um and it was obviously it was quite upsetting because he was our first hire but he said look i need this other thing i need and this sort of experience of other workforce and stuff and i said look totally get it like and it just reminded me, and I was happy for him, like really was, reminded me that a bit like kids, you only have them for a certain length of time. And that's the time that you get to make the impact and you want to make the best impact you can with them because they're that's people's lives, right? You're little, they're literally, it's not just the money. It's you're, you're there multiple hours a day. You're there as a role model. You're there as, um, you know, to show them how the world of work works and, and all of that. And you have a limited period of time to make a positive impact in that person's life. So you know, spend that time wisely. So yeah, I really, I really like that, Dawn and Zach. Thank you both for that analogy, which I will keep, but hopefully not overuse. Well, if it was just about the money, I think you just go and work for somebody else and have less hassle, less stress. <laughs> yeah, where's that? I don't know what is that. It's just being, I don't know, McKinsey. Yeah. I don't know. They're like, probably quieter getting McKinsey. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're loved afterwards, I think that's and you've had an impact. I think that is, yeah, you know, 
should 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 formulate like Dawn alluded to earlier on. You get you get the opportunity to shape the future of your business mm. and so on. They're great things to be able to do, but the actual yeah. ability to um shape other people's careers and people learn off you is is just great. I don't want to rush forward because I know we I've got a question we always ask at the end, and I don't want to rush forward, but I know we have a little bit short on time. Um today so uh, i will ask it now if we have another question to follow on don we'll um we'll jump on to them so that is is there any advice that you would give to your younger self be clear on where you want to go and also i think never burn bridges keep those relationships you never know when you may need to work with people come across people again so certainly always have you know no matter how many setbacks you might have throughout do that graciously Keep those relationships strong and don't burn bridges. Yeah, smart advice there because it can, you know, when we, we're in business and things happen to us, we can sometimes take it over personally and there's no need to do so. I think that's, you know, great, great advice, Dawn. So thank you very much. Just going on to that, what Dawn says, you know, I'd also add in uh, learn off everybody, whether you agree or like it or not. You know, I think mm. there's many people that have come across in my career who might not have always seen eye to eye. Mm. However, there's lots of learns that you take from, from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think what's quite interesting is when you actually sit down in the cold, hard light of day, when you're on your own, not when you're in any environment, some of those things that you might not have liked but you think mm, that was actually quite right. <laughs> so just out of interest, just tell us more about, you know, we've talked about lots of different things. Tell us more about an insight into dimensional and, and you know, what's happening next? What's going on? What are you thinking? Are you going to keep growing? Yeah, so it, it is really exciting for us, Zach, at the moment. Um, we are looking to grow. We want to continue to grow. Um, I'm very excited about what 2024 will look like. As I've said, we've got a nice platform of people now employed within the business who I think will give us that enablement to be able to grow now. um, You know, I think you'll have perhaps also felt this yourself, where sometimes you can be that busy working in businesses that you just don't have time to be able to focus on your own business. And I think we are getting at that stage. I'm really excited about looking at whether I can take a couple of things forward with Dimensional. So when I actually set Dimensional up a few years ago, I actually set it up with a with um with a vision of it having three dimensions to it. So one obviously being the change and the transformation and all of the big stuff that I've always been used to doing, which would be working with the big corporates who've lost their way and there's some big people change projects that they need to to enable. The second part being what I've probably focused on over the last couple of years or two, you know, long, actually the last few years, which is the managed service where we've actually done the HR services for SMEs who haven't got a HR function, being seen as their HR director and their HR people. And then the third thing, which I'm really excited about, which I talk about a lot, but we haven't done very much on, is thinking how we can, we can actually create our own academy for HR people and actually start to look at some people that we've already got in place and we'll get to a point where they may need to move on because their careers have only got to a certain point. And we, you know, rather than lose them, we can do something with a big corporate where they can get that experience, get that development, and that actually be part of dimensional doing that. But also how we can train and develop other HR people who are out there working in other businesses Um, Because I do think, going back to the question that we were asked at the very beginning of this, what does HR look like? Where is HR going? 
I'd like us to be seen as being a bit more creative and a bit more disruptive in terms of how we do that and that we're seen as being very commercially focused. And I don't think there is a lot of that about when it actually comes to some of the training platforms that might be there for HR people. So I think that that's something that I'd really like to focus on. But we are very excited about the future. I'm excited about our growth. Um, I'd love to be able to take it internationally. I'd love to do more with what's going on in America and bring some of that thinking back into the UK. So, um, yeah, very excited. Very excited, Zach. Well, that's absolutely brilliant. And and, and firstly, I'd like to thank you um, for your time today. We've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Hopefully you've enjoyed speaking to us too. So, John, I'll let you finish off the show as you normally do. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Zach. And thank you very much, Dawn Lakeau, for coming on and talking to us today. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, um, the usual places, you can find us on our website. Uh, just Google up Northwestify. Uh, also find us on LinkedIn and you can message either myself or Zach directly on there. Thank you very much. Thank you.